Welcome to Doing the Most, the series where we talk about the misadventures of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Georgie, execution strategist and serial entrepreneur. This series is here to get real about what entrepreneurial life truly looks like. We are driven, persistent, hardworking, ambitious. We are human, and these are our stories. Welcome back to Doing the Most, The Misadventures of Entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Georgie, and today we have Miha, who will be telling us all about failing and getting freedom through failure. So Miha, can you give us an introduction of who you are and kind of what got you here um, to talking about failure, to being an entrepreneur? Yeah, sure. Hi, Georgie. It's a pleasure to be your guest. And uh, I'll, I'll give you the quick short version and then, you know, feel free to dive in whatever you want. Um, so I've, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 18. I dropped out of high school and started my journey. Uh, before 30, I had a few very successful businesses. Unfortunately, I was riding the good wave of the macroeconomic situation at that time. Uh, and I didn't saw that I'm missing foundations in my businesses. So back in 2008 and nine, when the financial crisis uh, hit, um, everything was just literally blown away uh, in, in, in a matter of one day. And I went from plus roughly 15 million US net worth to owing uh, personally $5 million. And so... In the next weeks and months, depression, anxiety, darkness, suicide thoughts, and then suicide attempts and so on. And I came very close to really committing suicide uh, in the spring of 2010. Uh, thankfully, I had my aha moment. I realized that I have nobody else but myself to blame for what happened to me because, you know, Back then, it was so easy to find blame in, in the crisis, the recession, uh, how the government didn't respond. They just helped banks and, and so on. It was really, really easy to find blame outside of you. But that's not how you can move forward. So thankfully, I, I had that realization. And I remember thinking, oh, if I already did it once, and now if I do things differently, I can do it again and I can do it even bigger. And that was that one little ray of light that um, kept me going. I climbed back from the balcony uh, inside, made a list. And then, you know, it wasn't like a smooth ride, you know, like, oh, now you have the aha moment. And from here on, everything is just, you know, smooth ride. It was a daily struggle, daily fight with, you know, inside of you, the old Miha, the new Miha, uh, things that how I used to do them, old habits and, and creation of new and so on. So it wasn't a, uh, an, an easy ride, but it took me roughly three and a half, four years uh, to really bounce back, to learn the lessons and so on. And then in 2014, I created a startup, an energy efficiency startup. And with all those lessons, I was able to scale it to multiple eight figures in the first year, to multiple nine next year. And then I had a Fortune 100 uh, company, uh, did a technology takeover. So I'm not allowed to talk too much about that due to NDAs, but I had my successful 
exit, I was able to repay by that time almost seven million of past debts um, because you know interests and lawsuits and so on. And I found myself with the freedom of time and the freedom of money and the ultimate freedom, the freedom of choice. And um, I went on vacation. And, and after a few days of um, uh, drinking red wine and dancing salsa and so on, I was like, okay, um, let's open meetup app and let's see, you know, where are some meetups? I need to be around entrepreneurs. And then, you know, you go to meetups, of course, People are asking you, who are you? Especially when, you know, you're a stranger from another country. Everybody wants to meet you and, and get to know you. And as I was sharing the story, uh, more and more entrepreneurs would approach me, ask me questions. And I kind of like fell into the whole mentoring, coaching thing. Uh, and the thing was that it, it felt so good. It felt really I felt like a billionaire on the inside being able to, you know, help others and make their lives uh, better and help them achieve freedom as well. And the more I was doing it, the more I loved it. And then at one point I was like, okay, I need to, you know, form a company. So how do we name this? And uh, I was having a few beers with a friend of mine and he said, well, you know, you constantly talk about failure and the healthy relationship with failure and how as entrepreneurs, we always fail more than, you know, uh, we achieve successes and so on and so on. He said, just be the fail coach. And, you know, I don't know, maybe it was the beer or I don't know, but I love, I love the idea. I went online, I figured out, oh, fail.coach is still free. Um, and I just registered it and I never looked back. So, and the more I do this podcast, the more I help people, the more I do the work I do, the more connected I am with the whole uh, story of, you know, like why fail coach. I love that. And I like literally, and you know, in your background right now, for anybody that's watching the video, um, Miha has this, like, uh, what would you call that? A poster, uh, wall um, design. I mean <laughs> I would need to ask my ex, but uh, but it, it it it's she found this somewhere, and and you literally just I don't know, uh, peel it off one paper and 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 peel it on to this wall, and yeah, it is, um, yeah. In this house, we do real mistakes. Sorry. Yeah, and I, and I love that. And it's like some of the key ones that point out. So like if you're watching the video, or if you're not watching the video, go watch it on YouTube, right? It says we do mistakes. We do I'm sorry. We do second chance. We do forgiveness. We do really loud. We do fun. So I love that because that's exactly what you're talking about. That's the journey. That's the that's the 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 misadventure and the adventure within itself and uh, and honestly you know from the outside a lot of individuals might think oh this entrepreneur this business owner is having so much success and in reality it's like you know it's always like a up and a down and up and a down and when you finally hear the story of how much up and downs it was you know that early or that new uh, that new stage entrepreneur will realize wow like it's going to be a roller coaster, but it's supposed to be that. And I think the misconception a lot of people have is that it's supposed to be like a smooth ride. Like, you know, you're going down the highway to one destination and that's just not it. So it's like, if you go into it with the expectation of a roller coaster, then you'll have fun versus like feeling like it's supposed to be, you know, a smooth ride. And then when you get on the roller coaster, like, what is happening here? <laughs> and you were going to say something to that? No, I mean, you know, there's just so many of this, gurus trying to sell you on uh 
a blueprint that works every single time where if you have zero knowledge, zero experience, you can become a gazillionaire in, in 42 days. And, you know, for them, everything was just success, success, success. And, you know, now they're showing up in your newsfeed with their Lambos and Ferraris and Mensches and private planes. But I'm, I mean, there's a lot of dishonesty out there. I mean, of course, talking about failures is not sexy. Talking about struggles is not sexy. Talking about things that can go wrong, again, not sexy. And of course, you know, uh, I, like, even if you look at health industry, you know, like, uh, oh, this pill uh, will, you know, help you lose weight. We, and you can eat anything you eat now. You don't have to exercise. I mean, that's just BS. And, and I mean, you know, but we keep buying or people keep buying. I've never bought any of those pills. So, but, you know, <clears throat> obviously the industry is, is doing something. Otherwise they would already be gone. So people are constantly buying into that. Well, what if this person maybe cracked the code um, and, you know, I, I better try it because otherwise it's hard work and, and nobody wants to do, I mean, Everybody could be an entrepreneur, but, you know, not everybody is willing to do the hard work. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it's not, uh, uh, I mean, doing it in the right way is, is simple, but it's still hard. It's, it's not easy. So there are basic rules, frameworks, you know, how you go through the business development, you start with the product market fit. Once you have that, you know, you create your unique value proposition, then you start creating an ecosystem where you nurture the know, the like, the trust, and then the content creation and so on. It's really like a step-by-step -step thing. But even though, you know, you can put all that in a one-hour video and, and really I mean, literally, you, you can walk somebody from clueless to making seven figures in one or two hour video with all just the steps, but it's not easy. It's, it's, it's not a smooth ride. Um, no matter who you go to, best coaches in the world, nobody can eliminate the trial and error. Um, so, so um, yeah, and not many are willing to do the to 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 walk the journey and they just uh, want quick success and because of that um i'm not gonna name anybody but you know we probably all know who are some of those people who constantly show up in our news feed showing off their collection of lambos and 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 so on so yeah yeah, and I want to bring up two points based on what you just said. So I recently read the book, um, The Millionaire Next Door, and it talks about, you know, the studies that they did on, like, true millionaires. And, like, true millionaires aren't, like, walking around with, like, all these Lambos. They're making really strategic um, decisions in how they spend their money, invest their time, invest, like, the things that they have. Like, they want to grow and, and like, have their assets um, appreciate versus like depreciation right once you drive that lambo off the lot it's now worth a lot less and I'm not saying that they certain people don't have those things but like that's not the epitome of success like like you said you know you went through these ups and downs and like you had like massive success and then you had massive failure at the same time and that doesn't like there's no guarantee that and 
the is like what I'm trying to get is like the dream that they're selling. They forget to mention that you have to work towards that dream. You have to. It's like going to school to be um, a doctor, right? So it's just the same, same thing as being an entrepreneur. You could get the blueprint, you could intake it in you know a workbook and a two hour workshop, right? But then it's like you have to do your resident residency, and inside of your residency, you're learning, you're shadowing, you're failing, you're doing well. You're it's it's ups and downs until you've then mastered your craft, and that doesn't come you know, instantly. Some people master it a little bit faster than others. Some people just get lucky, right? Based on the market and the, the things that happen outside. Some people just naturally get lucky. Other people, you know, it's not 10, it's 20 years before they re- receive their so-called overnight success. And, and yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, the thing is, there is no universal definition of freedom. We have to understand that. I mean, if you go and ask any entrepreneur out there, what do you want? They will probably nine out of 10, if not 10 out of 10, will say, I want freedom. Now the definition, that varies. You know, for somebody, it might be um, material stuff, cars and private jets and so on. And for some, it might be impacting and, and you know, um, I don't know, work with children, animals. Uh, for some, it might be traveling, spending more time with the family. Like we each have our own individual definition of what freedom means to us. Um, I mean, I know a lot of uh, eight, nine, ten-figure entrepreneurs. I mean, I've been there in the multiple nine-figures. So you know, when you're there, you meet a lot of like-minded people or people in the same area, and you couldn't really say, you know oh, they all do this or they all do that. It's, it's very individual how they use the wealth that they accumulated. And some spend it on material stuff. Some enjoy the ego boosting why, you know, they go in this fancy restaurant and drive around. in la- But, you know, I say as long as you are doing things that are aligned with who you are, I mean, who am I to judge, you know, if, if you have Lambos or if you just give all your money to charity or like we all have the privilege to decide for ourselves what our definition of freedom is. I guess maybe because I tried the Dan Blazerian lifestyle uh, before my failures or the Kim Kardashian lifestyle, uh, because, you know, at that time I was 20 something cars, uh, partying this that you know um i i saw the emptiness of that but that's what i saw maybe somebody else would see something different and now for me uh spending time with loved ones doing good things helping other people um doing a lot of work with stray animals and so on that's what fulfills me but that's my definition of freedom and you know again who am i to judge anybody Um, on how they choose to spend their freedom. And uh, I guess if you haven't experienced yet that wealth and lavish lifestyle, maybe you just have to try it and then just be mindful and figure out whether, you know, it means something to you or not. Um, And then if it does, go for it. If it doesn't, find something else that fulfills you and makes you happy. Yeah, I really love that answer. And and I really love that, like just figuring out what your definition of freedom is and and could you talk to that a little bit like how can people start to figure out what their definition of freedom is because i think so much of our lives is ingrained into in ingrained in oh what our parents did what we think is right you know what society tells us what school taught us so how can someone start to think about 
what freedom means to them versus what they've been taught freedom should mean because i think that's like a big issue that a lot of people conflict with i i'm you know i've experienced this and i would i wouldn't say that i'm fully like through the other side i'm still figuring out you know what really matters and what really brings me joy so if you could talk to that um it's really a lot of inner work and a lot of reflection and really just challenging yourself on everything you know um basically uh, the way i started it was i i found this buddha technique uh, something circle of life thingy i don't know exactly how it's called but it's kind of like a circle and then it's it's uh, eight slices like in a pizza pie and then each slice has its own meaning and kind of like all of them together they kind of create like that wholesome life healthy life balance and it's you know like my business um, uh, relationship spirituality and a few other things and basically what i did was i opened a word document for each of those pizza slices and i just started writing you know how how i want my life to be in that specific area and so on and then i would just go back to that document and challenge everything just ask myself a lot of good questions and uh, you know like is this really what i want is this really something that helps me bring joy into my life and so on and it took me some time it took me probably i think it was 6 7 8 months of uh working on those documents going back and forth back and forth and even like i started that in i think it was 2012 and uh, now i have this habit where um, be- between Christmas and New Year, every year, I go back and really go deeply through the documents and I update them because, you know, we change as well. We grow as well. Things that mattered to me five years ago maybe don't matter so much. So it's, it's a permanent beta document. It's not something that's carved in stone. <clears throat> and um, I just recheck if I'm still aligned, if I still, you know, uh, get goosebumps when I read that particular uh, document on I don't know health or uh, relationships or, or so and so on and I change accordingly and then really like once a month um, I scan through those pages like I have this habit um, in my calendar uh, so one Sunday, the last Sunday of each month, I go through all those eight documents and I just Um, try to figure out whether I am living in alignment with what I want, Uh, what are some of the things where I might be failing a little bit so that I can make a few corrections. Um, And also, I'm just really super mindful and rechecking with myself whether I still feel strongly about certain things on that document. But it's really like a work in progress. I, I, I don't think you ever finish that document because we are constantly evolving changing growing um so with all of that um it changes what we want as well yeah a hundred percent and i thank you for sharing that and i and i really you know love that idea of like having a a rolling document because that's really the key right checking yourself and checking in with yourself and just like also being honest with it versus like 
seeing it and saying, oh, I'm just going to, you know, look at it next month, right? You know, just for it, it, at first you kind of have to force yourself and then it becomes like a, just a natural habit because you want to know, am I, you know, am I really being who I want to be or who I need to be to show up and like, and live like an authentic life. And this has taken not just days, like you said, he started this document in 2012, we're in 2020, that's eight years of rolling um, information and eight years of consistently doing the work, the same way you have to show up and do the work in entrepreneurship is the same way you have to do the work on like yourself because your life is an entrepreneurial venture. Even if you don't um, consider yourself an entrepreneur, it's like, you don't know what's going to come next. You don't know what's going to happen, whether it's good or bad or crazy. And you have to just figure out the roller coasters of life and just being aware is like the first step, right? Being aware of this is happening or this is not happening and taking note of how that makes you feel. And is that being an authentic to who you, your existence and, and your beliefs at that time. Cause again, like you said, beliefs will change. Time will change. You will change. You will evolve and respecting and not being, I guess also a, a part of it is like not being upset that you've evolved. Cause at certain times people around you might be, um, like held like they want to have you stay in like that previous form because that's that's how they know you and that's where their comfort zone is so did you ever experience any of that where people around you kind of once you evolve they kind of would try to get you to be back down or and or were they more so like supportive of that like what was that experience like um well the thing was um before my failures um i was wearing a whole lot of masks trying to be everything to everybody and so on to be like to for people to do business with me and this and that there was a lot of lying and 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 like all of that and then after i started bouncing back when i you know not not immediately but when i already recovered a little bit um i i remember it was in november 2013 and and it was because of uh, a, a recent relationship breakup um where i still wore quite a lot of masks and all of that and it was you know really looking into myself and being super mindful and uh checking how i felt i figured that with all of me doing all of that um Yes, people might like me, but I'm emptying myself. And at the end, I'm the one suffering the most from that. And um, I made a commitment to just uh, um, stop giving any Fs to, you know, whatever anybody. Like, I remember saying to myself, you know what? There's almost 8 billion people out there. I'm sure I can find a few who will appreciate me and like me just for who I am. But even if that doesn't happen, you know, F it, I have my dogs and I'll just be the crazy dog guy, not the cat lady, but the, the dog man, um, you know, and, and I'm okay with that. And it was really accepting that, you know, like that it's, it's harder to not live in alignment with who I am than to, pretend and wear masks and this and that just i don't know to fit in and i just stopped giving any f's to anything and uh, it, it was a conscious commitment and and i started living every single day with it and you know there's even a book um uh, what's the name of the what's the title it's um fuck it <laughs> 
Yes, I've, I've seen that one. Yeah. It's like the guy's hand. Um, yeah. Yeah, amazing book, amazing book. And it's like this Zen Buddhism uh, translated for us Westerners. How just, you know, to let go of expectations, to let go of this, of that. And you really just say, fuck it. And, you know, the more you say it, uh, the more you start enjoying and being who you are and living in alignment with yourself. And then the magic happens. Your uh, energy changes, who you are changes, and you start actually attracting in your life people who you love spending time with you, who you love them for who they are. They love you for who you are. And, and it's magical. And, you know, like, I mean, honestly, how many people do you need in your life? You know, you have to find that handful of people and you will be blessed. Uh, and so just, you know, do you and just stop, you know, uh, giving any Fs to um, everything else. I mean, I know it's easier said than done, but I guess I just exhausted so much energy I, I felt so empty at that point i kind of reached emotional low and you know pain has always been the biggest motivation or motivator for change and and so on and i really reached that 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 low 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 point where i said you know enough is enough like living like this um doesn't make any sense um, I guess, you know, we all have different levels of how much pain we can go through before, you know, something snaps in our head. But, you know, if, if you are capable of saying fuck it before you reach that low, that's amazing. I, I wasn't. So I had to first really go deep down before I was able to, you know, uh, rebuild myself and, and just say, you know, like to hell with it. I am who I am. And if you don't like it, well, you know what? There's the door. And, you know, the sooner we figure out we don't like each other, the better we are not <laughs> wasting each other's time. No. It's a good thing. <laughs> I love that. The sooner we figure out we don't like each other. And, you know, you dropped a lot of, like, key information just now in the fact that it's a constant work. It's a constant effort. And we've society has come to a place where you know a big chunk of people and we see this in marketing like you said from the pill that's going to make you lose weight and to these like gurus that are saying you're going to be successful overnight we've come into a place where it's like if it doesn't happen within the next 24 hours that means it's not possible i give up i i've failed at it then we take those as failures but it's like no this is t 10 12 30 year progress that that needs to happen and it's like you don't like you said, like, you know, the lucky ones are who realize it before you kind of hit that like emotional rock bottom. But for everyone else, it's like you kind of hit, you have to hit that place. And it sucks that we have to hit that place because the pain does, you know, mobilize and have you move a lot faster. But it, it, it also leaves like a scar. That's the best way I can say it. It leaves a scar because it's like you'll always have that like little piece that's like, why does this thing hurt? Like, oh, okay, that's why. And then you could like, move on from it but you'll you'll always have that scar that kind of like says you know you got here and you don't want to come back here but in order to not come back here you have to keep doing the daily work the monthly work weekly hourly work to make sure that you need to do you do what you need to do for yourself so that we you, you don't feel that way again and yeah like i said just just um, F it. yeah go ahead just one other thing you know like um 
A lot of people struggle with procrastination, um, you know, uh, imposter syndrome, fear of failure, fear of success, and, and so on. Um, I call the, all of those things our inner demons. We all have them. Some people have more of them, some have few of, fewer of them, but we all have them. And, you know, like the, the best way I can explain it is it, those demons are like alcoholism. You, 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 you fight them and you become stronger and the demons become weaker, but they never go away. You know how for alcoholics, they, even years after they, they, they stop drinking any alcohol, uh, there's this rule that, you know, you can't even try a sip because there's a very high chance of you relapsing back. So, um, you know, with all those inner demons, I, I think people think that you can just get rid of them. You can, you know, uh, take them away. You fight them for a week or a month and they will be gone. Um, no, the moment you stop fighting, they can relapse back into your life. So I don't believe that those demons ever go away or maybe they do but it really takes probably years of fighting before they really go away uh, and and you can relax a little bit without the fear of them coming back but otherwise um, it, it, it's not like you know oh you read a book you you do a few things for a week and bam new habits everything is changed uh, I don't think it works that way Maybe it does for some people. My personal experience and the experience, now I've worked with over 3,500 people in the past few years already, and um, I, I don't see it in that way that you can just you know, get rid of it. it. It takes constant, continuous fight. Yes, you become stronger. Yes, demons become weaker, but you must not stop fighting too soon because very quickly you can go into relapse yeah thank you so much for that and so now i want you to you know you shared a few misadventures but is there any specific misadventure that has happened on um the journey for this new company you know being the fail coach has has anything like really unexpected happened oh plenty of things <laughs> so the first yeah the, share I mean, one with me being a fail coach doesn't mean that you stop failing. It's just your attitude towards failure changes a lot. And so I'm failing even more. Like almost every day we fail at something. I remember because most of my work prior to creating the company and going online was in the Eastern Europe. And, you know, when I went online, I said, you know, I speak fairly good English. So why wouldn't I, you know, start selling things in, in the US and Canada and Australia and so on. And I thought, you know, entrepreneurs are entrepreneurs. Oh boy, what a mistake. And, you know, I, I spent about 15,000 euros. That's roughly 18,000 US dollars in the first three months thinking, oh, I can do an ad campaign um, to get two people to sign up for my free webinar. And then one showed up. And it was a lady from New York. She, she showed up. But the thing was that, you know, entrepreneurs are not entrepreneurs in the same way everywhere. Uh, in Eastern Europe, they have different limiting beliefs. They have different struggles and so on. So um, after I, I crashed that first attempt and I was like, oh, my God, like uh, 
it took me a while to figure out, oh, I need to listen to how I teach others and really go back and recheck all my steps. Do I have the product market fit and so on? And of course, I recognize that I have no understanding of the different audience across the Atlantic Ocean. So then I started really jumping on a lot of calls with a lot of people and slowly figuring out, you know, like, oh, these are the struggles. This is what they want. This is this, this is that. And then slowly my content became on spot and so on and and then of course things turned so that that was one lovely experience in the beginning but yeah i mean like every day we we have certain failures smaller bigger most of them are smaller because we have systems in place you know uh processes uh measuring kpi benchmarking so even when we do fail, we can recognize it fairly quickly, you know, and, 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 and so quickly uh, figure out, oh, this is not working. And let's figure out, do we know how to make something work? Okay, we don't, or we have no other ideas. Okay, who can we find? Who can show us, tell us, help us? And then, you know, we might hire an agency or done for you or a freelancer or look for an employee and so on. So uh, we have a system in place which enables us to spot failure much sooner and react much sooner. And the best relationship that you can have with failure is a non-emotional one because emotions cloud your vision and then you go into all that you know negative self-talk and so on. But when you look at it from a logical perspective, Failure is the result of either wrong steps or bottlenecks in the process. And if you figure out which steps were wrong, and you can do that easily by measuring things and having KPIs and benchmarking in place, bottlenecks are usually a bit harder to spot because they might be a bit more hidden. Uh, but, you know, with some outside help with experts in different areas, you can spot those as well, eliminate, and then, of course, you achieve the results that you want. Yes, thank you so much for that. And like, I love that saying that, you know, not because you're a fail coach means that you don't fail. And just like understanding that you have to take your own advice and like really do the work that you do for customers for yourself and to kind of re reanalyze. And I think oftentimes people feel like it's a bad thing to kind of pivot or go back to the starting point. And it's like, no, sometimes you have to go back to the starting point. And we hear, and like one of my favorite books, um, The Alchemist, where it's like, you know, he goes on this big journey just to end up back where he started. And like, that's where he finds the riches. That's where he finds like the massive success that he thought. And like, the journey to getting just back home was like also another success. So just like understanding sometimes like going back to where it all started and going back to the roots is not a bad thing. It's actually the most beneficial thing for you to do. Um, um, whenever I work with, you know, seven, eight, nine figure entrepreneurs, when something is not working, when they are, you know, either plateauing or even declining, the first thing that we have to do is go back to basics recheck the foundations and all of that it, it it and it's always the problem is is in the basics in the foundations so yes you always have to go back to the beginning recheck all of those things and then move from there forward yeah i love that and so we're we've come to the end of our interview today and i've learned a lot and it kind of reminded me a lot about you know just embracing the failure and like also just putting in the work putting in the work that's necessary to 
overcome whatever obstacle or whatever or getting the work done that you need to get done and just like putting in the work for yourself to you know separate who you are and what you want to be from just like the emotions that you're experiencing so that you can truly live a life that is defined by your version of freedom versus what everybody else might think or say or suggest so I want to ask you know what advice would you leave with the audience um as for like things that they should be doing in their daily lives some homework that they should do something that they should read a mantra whatever it is what is something that you want to definitely leave the audience with today well if you want to develop healthy relationship with failure i think two things are super super important and they are not easy to learn because you can't just learn them you have to practice them and and the practice takes time it's it's not like you know you can master it in a week uh, but those two things are mindfulness and emotional intelligence mindfulness will enable you to step back from when you know things are happening because most of the time we react on autopilot the bigger the problem the more on autopilot we are i think it's in our nature to do it that way uh, you know, when the big tigers were chasing Neanderthal people, you know, like you had to turn on the autopilot because if you would start thinking, um, you know, that beast would already eat you. Uh, so I think that autopilot is kind of like in our nature. But if you want to move forward and move to a different life, um, you have to switch off the autopilot. And for that, you need mindfulness, um, being present. And it's only the only way that I know how you learn it is to, through practicing, a lot of practicing. And, and then the second thing is emotional intelligence, because if you recheck your past, you'll probably see that um, when you know, things went berserk, you probably reacted with emotions when probably logic was more needed or with logic when emotions would be a better way. So most often we, we choose the wrong way how we react, how we respond. And so emotional intelligence is another very big topic. Uh, another topic just where you have to practice it for a long time before you come even close to mastering it. Uh, but those are two things that will greatly, greatly help you. Um, you know, because when, when things happen, especially suddenly, um, to keep yourself calm, to be in that place of mindfulness and to use emotional uh, intelligence and say, oh, maybe I need to just logically see what, were my, what was my process and what might be wrong there instead of going, oh, shit, what's happening? Oh, like, you know, my life, life is trembling. Oh, why God? Why don't you want me to be successful? But, you know, those things will not help you. So um, those two things mindfulness and emotional intelligence in my belief are two super super important soft skills for anybody to practice as much as possible that will help you to develop that healthy relationship with faith awesome thank you so so much for sharing that and you know I'm taking this homework because I, th I, I know for a fact it's something that everyone needs to continuously do, including myself. And, you know, you're continuously doing this work. So thank you so much for being here with us um, today, Miha. And guys, if you want to check out more information about Miha and the fail coach and the things that he does, you can check the show notes in the comment section for um, ways to contact Miha and find him online. But guys, we'll see you for another episode next week of Doing the Most, The Misadventures of Entrepreneurship. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you.
Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Doing the Most. Catch us here next week, same time, same place. If you can't wait, head on over to doingthemost.xyz to stay connected. Until next time, keep on doing.